and welcome. This is the Bacon and Eggs Fantasy Football League podcast, and of course, I'm your host, Red. Today, we're going to talk about week four, everything that went down there, and a big trade that went through. So let's get to it. Week four, of course, was the first week of interdivisional play, Bacon versus Eggs. The last two years, Bacon held a 33-22-1 advantage, and that history did not hold up as the Eggs took three of the four matchups. Let's start with the only game Bacon won between Taco and Ryan. This was Ryan's fourth loss of the year, 0-4, but his third by less than 13 points. So he's been bad, but not really that bad. Or he's just played the right teams. Taco, this was a big win for him. He's 2-2, two two, second place in the division, just a game out. And he kind of needed this one. He's not really set up. For a sustained run, he's got problems at running back. Uh, his receivers haven't been great. Gronk's been a disappointment. So anytime he can uh, sneak in and win one, he can do it. So at, at two and two, I think his chances of making the playoffs are pretty good. Uh, what killed Ryan in this contest was uh, the Vikings' defense. Negative 13 points. Now, mind you, he lost by five, and his defense scored negative 13. And it's the Vikings' defense. Kind of risky playing him against the Rams, but he trusted him, and they let him down. Moving on, we have Butch against Harry. And this one was just a whomping. Butch won at 199-121. Uh, this would be the old Butch team, and we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of these uh, players are no longer on his team. His highest scorer was Deshaun Watson, who is no longer there. He scored 44 points. Hopkins score, scored 29, Kittle 31. They are no longer there. His Packers defense played the Bills and got 43, so I don't think he can count on that every week. But... Next week will be interesting for him because he plays the best team in the league without some of his players that have been carrying him. Uh, Harry scored 121. Uh, that's his fourth straight week over 120. He Only two teams have done that. So he's sitting at 1-3. and three. He's Right now he's out of the playoff picture, but power rankings-wise, I, I don't know. I'd I think I'd probably put him fifth, maybe. I don't. I think he's better than Taco. I know he's better than Ryan. And he was better than Spike. And he still might be. I'm not sure. Uh, he really needs Bell back. When he gets Bell back, he'll, he'll be dangerous. Because that girly-bell combo is tough. Uh, his issues are with Rodgers at quarterback, which who thought we'd be saying that. There was a reason I didn't keep Rodgers. All right, third game we're going to look at is Bubbles and Spike. Bubbles uh, behind Mahomes, Mahomes, and Kareem Hunt. Uh, Just put a pasting on our uh, 
on the Bacon's five-time defending champion. This was the first week that a team scored less than 100 points as Spike clocked in at 89. Uh, he might do it again this week, but, you know, that trade helped him out. He's, he's looking better now, but that's uh, that's got to be rough to be the first team to score less than 100. Usually, you don't see very many weeks throughout the year where every team scores over 100, and we just had three in a row. And a lot of that is fueled by quarterbacks. But Mahomes and Mahomes and Hunt combined for 63 points. And that's just 26 less than Spike scored as a team. Uh, Sony Michelle was his top guy at 26, so it looks like he has found something there. I still don't trust a Pats running back, even though I did just pick up James White. But that was really just for one week. And White's more of a receiver anyway, so I would... That's where his value is. Michelle's value is on the ground. And, you know, maybe maybe the Pats are changing their ways and they're going to start feeding him. I don't know. Last night on third and four with a chance to uh, basically end the game... They passed instead of forcing the Colts to call a timeout. They threw an incomplete pass, and that set up an Eric Ebron touchdown. So, against Spike this week. So, we'll see where it goes from there. And then the fourth game is between me and Redneck. Brother versus brother. And he bested me. But look, like I said on Facebook, we're not going to hang our heads here at Kingslayer HQ. We scored 190 points. That is the most points ever scored in a loss. And actually, that's the most points I've scored since, I believe, week eight of 2015. So almost three years. Now, in that contest... It was brother versus brother, me against Redneck again, and I beat him 206 to 181. So it'd been a while since I scored that many points, but I feel like it's not going to be the last time. And if you want to know how to beat me, that's what you have to do. You have to score well for Redneck. That's the most points he's ever scored, I think. 203, 206 or something was his previous high, and he scored 213. So have your best week ever if you want to beat me. But as that matchup goes, it was it was it was tough because I was down 116 to 26. I mean, right off the bat, Thursday night. And interestingly, I had a chance. I mean, if Ben Roethlisberger does what he's done the last few weeks, I would have won. But he only scored 17, and Juju Smith-Schuster only scored six. If those guys hit their, you know, 50 points, 60 points they've been combining for, then I win. But that didn't happen. That's fine. I'm not going to be depressed about a 100 and... 90 point loss that's 
That's ridiculous. Let's see. So we had a big trade between Butch and Spike that I believe will probably shift the balance of power a little bit. This was a huge trade. There were two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve people involved in this trade. So Butch really wanted Saquon Barkley. So much so that he offered Deshaun Watson, Jordan Howard, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, George Kittle, John Brown, all productive players except Howard, for Matt Ryan, Barkley, Corey Davis, Vance McDonald, Tyreek Hill, and Aaron Jones. Now, Matt Ryan, that's a good pickup. He's having like his best fantasy year ever, I believe. And Barkley is okay. I mean, I think he's closer to Lamar Miller than he is Todd Gurley. But if you want to sell the farm for him because you think the Giants offense will get better, hey, go for it. But Weldon was sitting at one and three. It scored 89 points. And just got a heck of a deal here. I mean, the trade could tip to even territory if Corey Davis is for real, if Vance McDonald is for real, if Aaron Jones starts getting more touches, more touches, if Tyreek Hill can get free, which that'll be tough this week. But that's a lot of ifs. Because you know what you're getting in Evans, Hopkins, and Watson. And then Kittle looks like the real real deal in San Francisco. And John Brown, he's probably, he's like Hill. He, he's probably boomer bust. But this was definitely a trade that put Spike back in division contention. Because I don't believe he had a shot of catching me. Maybe he does now. Um, and then probably... I would put Bubbles and Redneck over Butch for the rest of the year. I mean, those guys have their issues too. But, wow, that was just, that was a ballsy trade. I wouldn't have done it. I would have accepted it, but I wouldn't have done it. So let's uh, go ahead and look at week five, what we got going on here. We got... Harry against Ryan. Ryan got off to a good start last night with uh, Tom Brady. I don't know. I'll tell you. He's going to have to score probably 125, 130 points to beat Harry. And even with Brady's, I think, 45 points last night, I'm not sure he can do it. Uh... Redneck taking on White Flag. White Flag for now. Spike. Uh, Ron had a great game out of Eric Ebron last night. 28 points. Spike got another good game out of Michelle. We'll see where that goes. But uh, this one might be a pretty good matchup right now. I think I put my money on Redneck to pull that out. And then Taco versus Bubbles. Ooh. This is going to be a tough one for Bubbles. 
He's got Mahomes, Mahomes, and Hunt going up against the Jags. And that's going to be tough. Uh, he's got his wide receivers, Diggs and Green, going up pretty decent secondaries. And, you know, Jeffrey, I don't know. He might do all right against the Vikings. Their defense isn't as good. Then you look at the other side. Taco has Stafford going against Green Bay. That's easy money. And then Brown against Atlanta. Brown should blow up. Lynch against the Chargers. I'm not seeing it with the Chargers defense. People like them. I don't see it. And I've only watched a couple of their games. I'm not impressed. Uh, now, Taco did get nine out of Gronk last night. But, well, that's turning into a wasted pick. And then, of course, the Kingslayer. Me. <laughs> Taking on Butch. Uh, Butch scored 199 last week, but that was a completely different team. And he has got... He's got some good matchups. McDonald against Atlanta. TJ Yeldon against Kansas City, although Yeldon's questionable. Uh, Tate against Green Bay. His running backs, maybe not so much. And then Rivers against Oakland. Uh, on the other hand, I've got Roethlisberger against Atlanta and Schuster against Atlanta. So I like that matchup. Uh, I don't love the Kelsey versus Jacksonville matchup, but... Kansas City has so many weapons that people are going to get open. Who are you going to cover? And so that's what defenses haven't been able to figure out yet. You want to shut Hill down? Fine. That's probably possible, but Kelsey's going to kill you. Watkins is going to kill you. Hunt's going to kill you. Look at Denver. They kind of shut Hill down. That They couldn't stop everyone. And so we'll see if the Jags can do better. The Jags did shut Gronk down earlier this year, but... Brady didn't have Hill, Hunt, Watkins. I mean, and Mahomes, Mahomes throws to everybody. Uh, I'm not in love with Kamara going against Washington on Monday. Uh, I do have uh, Mark Ingram back. I'm not going to start him this week. I want to see what he does before I start plugging him in at flex. If last year I think uh, he took about 19 touches a game, Kamara 12. Kind of would expect to see that flipped or closer to a 15-15 share. Now, if they both get 15 touches a game, I'm going to start them both. I mean, that's just going to be 15, 20 points easily, and then you, then the chance that one of them busts something long. And then my wide receivers, I have four really good wide receivers. I will play based on matchup. Well, Adam Thielen, I'm going to play every week no matter what. But the rest of them, Schuster, Brandon Cooks, Tyler Boyd, I'll play on matchup. Now, after this week, I do plan on starting Tyler Boyd three weeks in a row because I plan on starting Andy Dalton three weeks in a row. So he's got some juicy matchups, and I think I'm going to score some points there. And that is all I have got for this week. Join us next week when I talk about the whooping I had to put on Butch and how I blame his trade or credit his trade. 
I'm not going to blame anybody for losing to me because I think I am that good. I'm projected right now for 154 points. And Harry brought it up on Facebook. He asked, has anybody ever been projected for that much before in league history? And I want to say no, I don't believe so. I think I've seen a 150, a 151. I've never seen 153, 154. And mostly this is just good drafting. Like I said before the draft, you don't have to take a quarterback early. I took Ben Roethlisberger, I believe, in the eighth round. And he's starting this week. I took Schuster in the ninth round. I took wide receivers with my two of my first three picks. I took a tight end late, but was able to uh, acquire Kelsey later. And uh, right now... I think I'm set up for a sustained run. I'm on pace for well over 2,000 points. And really, it's going to take some injuries for me to lose my way here. Some injuries and some fluke performances like we saw last week. So I think I'm in the best shape. I think I win the bacon. And right now... My money's on me to win the league, but we know how fluky stuff happens. You know, I thought I was going to win it in 2014 and then Peyton Manning put on a dress and started prancing around the field because he was afraid to throw the ball, didn't want to get touched, didn't want anyone breathing on him. Anytime someone looked at him wrong, he just handed off, pitched it to his running back and, uh, skipped over to the sideline or whatever he does, hid behind his offensive line. And so I ended up losing in the first round of the playoffs because he was a woman. And I'll say it, and I'll say it to his face if I ever meet him, which I probably won't. So that's easy for me to say. So, but that's all I got this week. Tune in next week when we talk about my impending victory.